socks. Go, 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 go. Let's go, 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 White Sox. Chicago is proud of you. This is White Sox Weekly. The Chicago Baseball Conversation on the new flagship home of the Sox. 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly on the air. Happy Saturday afternoon. Don't listen to that ridiculous weather forecast right there. There's no snow coming. That is just flat out wrong. I don't believe that. Bob Kessler is lying. What do you think? Well, Carm, I think your laugh at my Charlie Brown scream to the news of the snow says it all. I hope you're right. But I don't know. This is Chicago. Kessler, you're lying, right? That was a joke. I'm not lying. (laughs) When is it going to snow? This time. Overnight. We could get an inch. An inch of snow tonight. And what's the temperature tomorrow? It's going to be mid-30s. Kessler, there's baseball going on, Kessler. (laughs) I I had friends who work work with a guy, and he was like, "Ah, do I go to the Cubs game tonight? It was Wednesday. He's like, oh, tickets are six bucks. I don't know. I don't know. And then it's, oh, someone's got a free ticket for me. And the lower the price went, it's because the, the, the lower the forecast went, you know? Yeah. I mean, anybody who went out to a Sox game this week and or a Cub game, you deserve, um, I don't know, money. It's $6 to, to yeah, go. Yeah, they should pay you to go. Right. <laughs> this is this is called they, they pay you. But if it was football, you'd be like, this is normal. So. But, it's, but it's not football. <laughs> there's it's a, a, mental, it's there's a mentality. Yes. <laughs> there's, exactly. It's a mentality issue. Who... You know, there's 81 home games. You could go to lots of baseball games to pick the one that where it's three degrees out. You are a diehard of all diehards, and you deserve credit. and You should be paid. That's all I'm saying. I'm all for it. I agree. I mean, maybe the White Sox will step in and do something like that. We pay you in April. <laughs> if it's below 40 degrees, we give you. It, we'll pay you four bucks. I don't know. I don't want to step on Brooks Boyer's toes here. Hey, White Sox fans, join us as the White Sox take on the Detroit Tigers Saturday, April 27th. That's a 6-10 first pitch. The first 20,000 fans will receive a Jose Abreu Silver Slugger bobblehead powered by Constellation, America's energy choice. Purchase your tickets today by visiting WhiteSox.com or calling 866-SOX-GAME. Speaking of Jose Abreu, I mentioned the Diamonds, the White Sox charity event at... uh, the Field Museum earlier this week. Jose Abreu was at my table. Oh. And uh, I thought we bonded. I thought it was a nice... You're BFFs now? I don't know about BFFs, but I thought Are we were... Are you texting? I mean, I, I felt like... Because you were allowed to... Not yet. I, oh, okay. But so I thought, you know, I'm the, the media guy at the table. I don't want to be asking all the questions. But they're sitting at the table. The whole point is that you're not just going to sit there and eat your your salad and not talk to them right how do you ask questions without sounding like a reporter right yeah. and 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 if nobody's asking questions like i figured that i would just jump in and let's be buddies so right. then i just billy russo was translating so i started asking all sorts of questions where do you like to play on the road would you give up would you give up money to not have to play in april when it's 30 degrees out the answer to that was a resounding no uh-huh. yeah and i was not surprised by that at all but um yeah, so it was, it was just fun. You're sitting at the table having dinner with, with, with Pito. What's up? You know. Yeah. Right? I would be asking a lot of questions as well. What would you have asked if you anything come to mind? Do you like blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese or ranch would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> right? And well, then, you, so you mentioned you guys were eating salad. I mean, start with something simple. Right. What about you, Lamp? Good. And then just kind of blue work che- your way into... Oh, me, me. Blue cheese. Blue cheese? Yeah. Wow. Is just, that weird? I think it's, I mean, pretty hearty. Hardy yes. blue cheese. I think blue cheese nothing is like, fills you up like some blue cheese. Like blue cheese is that that shows great. That shows that you were whatever you were telling about talking about earlier. You were in a 
Sure. Let's just go with that. You were in a hammock with... with oh, sleeping outside on a, a hanging bed. Right. Floating mattress, if you want to so put it that way. I tie that into blue cheese. Okay. Okay, so let's tie into last night, which was just awesome. Uh, when was Aloy Jimenez going to finally hit a home run? And then it came. Here we go. Holder set. Runner goes. And the pitch high and deep to straightaway center field. Brett Gardner on his horse looks up. Goodbye! Eloy Jimenez, first big league home run to straightaway center field against the Yankees. We said he's more selective. He's aggressive. We both agreed. That was walloped way out of here. That was... Uh, DJ's call right there is just awesome. I, I, uh, what a beautiful moment. What? what <laughs> <laughs> you want to explain your emotion when Eloy went deep for the first time? Well, every, I feel like everyone has to be as excited as I am. You're... As we were talking about, you're hearing about all these great things about this kid coming up. You think he's going to be a huge part of the future for the White Sox. And you're a little worried because he's hitting, but you haven't seen the home run yet. Even though it's still early, everyone gets a little impatient. So when you see that moment happen, you're like, it's it's gone. It's gone. And the smile on his face. I was actually out to eat, and it was on the TV. <laughs> and me and my dad... Just start clapping so loud in the restaurant, and everyone's kind of looking around at us because we're being obnoxious. It's a sit-down, nice restaurant, <laughs> but you—the emotions just kind of come out. You can't help it. Oh, that's awesome! Friday night with pops having a nice meal, and Old the goes mom, deep. Pops, family, oh. friends—the <laughs> <laughs> whole scene. And by the way, it, just to add on to it, it, it came in the fifth inning last night. If you missed it, White Sox were down five-three coming into the inning. Abreu led off with a base hit, and then here's uh, Yonder Alonso going deep to tie up the game, five-five. Uh, and you know the, the night did not start out well for the White Sox. They were down four-one. Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you got a five-five game, and then right after that you get uh, Yohan Moncada with a base hit, and then here comes Aloy, and now you're leading seven-five. So just every yeah. you know it was just. T- Every, every part and it was of pouring it. rain, but it, I don't know. It was just one of those moments. The whole game, watching it, felt like watching a movie a little bit. Right, and then the the rain was really starting to come down in the seventh inning. Friends, make no mistake about it. The 1-1. Swing it a long one. Tagged, bagged, second home run. Light it up. That is absolutely crushed out of here. Wow. The arrival of Eloy Jimenez is on center stage New York. Here on a Friday night, early April, everybody's going to know about what he's capable of doing. So I want to I want to play that one again, Curtis, because this is this is what I'm envisioning. When Farmio makes the call, that ball is so high in the air that you could just you can hear him coming back from the micro. That ball. <laughs> Let me hear. Where it. is it? Like he, he his reaction, you could just see that he's just falling backwards, just in in utter glee. The one one. Swing it a long one. <laughs> Tagged, bagged, second home run. Right? Yeah, out. no, you're right. Like it's the, like go back and then <laughs> punch in the words from there on out. He was like 10 feet away from the microphone by the time he started. Somehow he just just, just sat back. That And that ball was crushed. Mm-hmm. 446 feet is what they said it was. I don't know how they do those things, but that's what they said. That one was 446. And the first one traveled 425. 420, 446 plus 425. Anybody? That is 871 feet of baseball. <laughs> yeah, Matt, no, the, it- both of them, just off the bat, you could tell those, it was beautiful. It, the swing was beautiful. Just the connection, it. 
It was just beautiful. It I don't wa- know how else to put it. No, there's, there's nothing. There's really absolutely nothing else to say. This was what Eloy had to say after the ball game. Uh, Eloy, I, 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 Lauren, listen closely here because I'm not sure what one of the words is. Is it wash or watch? But here's here's Eloy after the game. Yes. What are you gonna do with them, boy? What will you do with the baseballs? Uh, when I put it in my room, and I wanna wash it every single day. <laughs> yeah. Did the Hall of Fame take your bat or something? Uh, yes. I'm gonna put stick on the back too, uh, and I'm gonna wash the bat too every single day. <laughs> Watch or wash? It definitely sounds like wash, uh, which would seem weird. Most collectibles you kind of leave pristine in the way that you got them, right? But it would make more sense to watch, you know, just look at these things every day. But who knows? Maybe he's just really like a clean freak and wants everything Spick and span. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Is that watch or wash? I'm curious. Which one's better? And which one would which one would impress you most? If he's just going to literally sit there on the couch <laughs> and stare at the baseballs, no TV, just baseballs. Right. He doesn't need anything else in his life. Or is, would it impress you more if he's going to get out the cleaning products and the polishing products for the bat and just. Do whatever you would do. Every day. Wash every day. Like brushing your teeth. Just going to wash it every day. Right. 312-981-7200. I don't know what he said. I'm not... I'm a little... I'm going to have to wait for him to get back to Guarantee Rayfield. Curtis, you have a thought on this? I think he was saying watch because he's still learning the English language. Yeah. So he probably wasn't trying to get along with looking at it. He's probably Mm -hmm. just saying watch. So it's definitely watch. I think it's watch, yeah. That's... That would make more sense. Okay. (laughs) Do, do you have any uh, things that you wash slash watch? I don't watch any collectibles. I have a few kind of collectibles, but I don't even use them most of the time. Would it be more impressive if he like actually was polishing the baseball? Look at my first. I think summer. it would be like, and he's and he's. I I, I like to keep my room neat. Yeah, I like, again. I, like, I like everything clean. The dedication to clean something every day. I, I people I, don't even shower every day. We don't even clean ourselves every day. You're right. I did, <laughs> I didn't shower today. Good to see you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be impressive, especially with how many things he's collecting, how many baseballs, how many firsts. Yeah, that's that's going to be a whole room eventually. It, it's it's going to be a house, hopefully. Yeah. He's or certainly, you know, uh, certainly a of a, a, a baseball museum in his basement at mm-hmm. the at the bare minimum. I uh, I got the pleasure of, through uh, my other gig at Fansided. I was I was inter- I interviewed Ryan Samry this summer, mm-hmm. and so it was in his garage. And then we're done interviewing him. He's like, I, w- I walk to the car. I'm leaving. He's like, uh, hey, you wanna, why don't you come in here for a second? Takes me down into the basement. Were you worried at this point? <laughs> I didn't know. Right. I was like, what's going on right now? And so he takes me down in the basement. And there's the 11 gold gloves. There's like every, there's him and Harry. There's him and, uh, and le- letters that were written mm-hmm. to him. All sorts of stuff. So That's these, awesome. These guys have, you know, you got to keep, you got to. Yeah. That, that those that's that's this is my bat for my first home run. Those are the first two home run balls. This is my mid my rookie year. This is I mean, it goes back to the climb. Everything that you've worked so hard for, why wouldn't you keep all those things so that down you? the road, if you start to get, maybe get a big head, you think you're a hot shot, you look back, you remember what that moment meant to you and how hard you worked to get there. And it's just stuff, but it's I 
you know, it's it, the it, sentimental it, value, right? But it's the, it's the I think at the end of the day, what I guess what I'm start trying to say is it's the experience of doing it that's the mm-hmm. most important, like the feeling that he had yeah. last night. But just to have something. To, to connect it. Right. Yeah. To put it all together, right. All right, quick timeout. White Sox Weekly, 312 981 We'll do our week in review coming on back here. This is 720 WGN. How about that kid? Pretty good game. Again, he's you know, he's got a lot of talent. You know, had one of his, you know, a, a really nice game for him. And, and you know, his first first and second homer. Uh, you know, it's nice to see it. And, uh, you know, again, uh, over time, he will have good days. He will have bad days. And today was a good day. That is the skipper, Ricky Renteria, talking about Aloy Jimenez. You could just feel the pride bursting. Mm-hmm. Which, again, you know, when you've been having some struggles to have a great moment like that to be celebrating, how can you not just kind of come at the seams? You're just exploding with enjoyment i, I mean i i would give ricky just a touch of unsolicited advice don't we don't need to be reminded that he's going to have bad games eloy menace is never going to have a bad day eloy <laughs> menace is going to be perfect every single day eloy menace was, did not have a hit today so ricky is correct but uh yeah that's it's true he will have bad days but uh we don't need it no chips off the table all right let's do our weekend review we do this regardless of performance because it's all about the journey for us on White Sox Weekly, Lauren. Don't you agree? Absolutely. So it has not been a great week for the White Sox. Uh, as if you go back, they were three and three after winning the home opener against the Mariners last Friday, and then they dropped the Saturday game nine two. We start our weekend review on Sunday, and that was a ball game that got away from the White Sox early. Ivan Nova didn't have it, but as we look for the positives, we found one in Yoan Moncada. Where the sun is. Uh set right now with it being out. It's a harder play to straightaway left field. Here's the 1-0. A swing and a ground ball. Right side. Base hit. 11-5 as the Braves scores. Keep the line moving. Yep. It ended up being a 12-5 final, but uh, Yoan is... Uh, it's just... And he's come back down to earth a little, but he's hitting 296 now. But I think everything we've seen from Yoan Moncada made a great play at third base today, but mm-hmm. I, I, you, you have to... Imagining him in the middle of that lineup with Aloy going forward and Luis Robert and whoever else is coming, I, I don't see. Uh, I, I see all good things. Yeah. And, and I was watching uh, MLB, uh, the television station. Yeah. And they were breaking down Moncada's swing and how what he's doing this year versus last year and how he's being so much more aggressive. They were basically laying it out that you throw this guy a ball in his zone, he's looking for it more now, and they detail it than last year. It's it's pretty impressive how he has the progression. Yeah, he's what he what he learned and what he's and what he's putting into actual action now. Yeah, there's a lot of promise, a lot uh, of promise. No, no doubt about it. All right, let's let's go to the Monday game. It was brutal weather, and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are a red hot baseball team, and they came in here and played well. The White Sox did get one ball to go over the fence. There's a two one hit high and deep to straightaway left field, going back. To the wall, Fam looks up, goodbye baseball, and the shutout is over. Jose Rondon right there, 5-1, Tampa beat the Sox in that one. Uh, not, a, not a great outing for Carlos Rodon, but mm. uh, right. It, it, you're, you're, the bottom line is that Tampa came in here and just pitched phenomenally well. Yeah. Uh, they gave up one run in two of the games, and, and then the middle game, which we're talking about right now, was a 10-5 final, but Tim Anderson continued his hot start. Two balls, two strikes, two down. 
and two aboard. And the pitch is swinging a line drive to right. That's down for head. Garcia, obviously, L has that. Moncada scores. Alonzo makes third and an RBI single by Tim Anderson. My favorite thing from Tim Anderson this week, did you see him in the dugout last night? The dude was jumping up and down celebrating Aloy like they had won the World oh, Series. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the excitement. It, again, just as I was saying earlier, it's hard not to be excited about something like that for a kid that is just so great and it shows so much promise just like a lot of these other players but specifically Eloy and, and let's jump all the way to uh, the Eloy ball but let's just hear it one more time this week as uh, <laughs> for good measure as we wrap up our week in review Eloy last night here we go holder set runner goes in the pitch high and deep to straightaway center field Brett Gardner on his horse looks up goodbye Eloy Jimenez, first big league home run to straightaway center field against the Yankees. We said he's more selective. He's aggressive. We both agreed. That was walloped way out of here. You think that Farmio's pissed that he didn't get to call his first home run? I think he is. (laughs) Like I think he, he almost tried to jump on DJ's call. You stop talking. I want this. This is a moment in time. I want my voice on there. DJ gets to have that. Yeah. I mean, I would walk around New York saying. Aren't you mad that you took that inning off? <laughs> you could have been the guy to call Eloy Jimenez's first Someone summer. put that on a USB, give it to Eloy, and he'll keep that along with the ball and the bat. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the first call that he's never going to forget, and a lot of us won't forget, especially you know down the line, and we see where he is in three or five years. Yeah, we, we should pull, when we come back here after the 4 o'clock hour, let's, let's pull the TV call of it as well. Because uh, I, w- I want to hear Benetti. <laughs> but, but Jason Benetti was so phenomenal this week at uh, the charity event mm-hmm. at the Field Museum. He was, he was uh, who, who was the original host for Family Feud? Anybody? I should know Richard that. Pryor. No. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> it was not Richard Pryor. Was it, I feel like I should, I should know who that is. I, uh, I definitely know his name, and I can't think of Richard it. Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. Richard Dawson. That was close. Go. He did a phenomenal job stepping in as, as Richard Dawson, just, just going back and forth between the two. And I was, I was, I was extremely impressed by Benetti. It was not easy. These guys were... They had, you know, how you go to the middle, mm-hmm. name one, da, 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 da. the stressful moment. So yeah. both of them get it wrong. Now we got to go back to the team. Go to one team. Go through the line. <laughs> wrong again. Wrong again. Wrong again. He's running back and forth between each team, trying, you know, hoping that somebody will finally give him an answer, keeping the crowd entertained. Sounds like the questions were quite difficult. Uh, well, maybe, maybe we should have Benetti on. I'll, I'll, I'll text Jason see if he'll maybe jump on with us <laughs> real fast. All right, let's get a quick timeout. Get you into news on time at the top of the hour. White Sox do lose today to the Yankees for nothing. It's White Sox Weekly on seven twenty WGN. Makata runs, Jimenez, a towering fly ball to center field, and it is up and out of here. Mount Eloy erupts for the first time, and it's 7-5 Sox. I love that call. Mount Eloy. It's very fitting. Very I mean, fitting. Nice job, Jason Benetti. Congratulations. That's a winner. Thanks, Carm. Uh, he did all the work, though. He did, but uh, had you called him Mount Eloy before? Maybe I am you know, listening too much and not watching it enough if I had missed it, but had you? No. I, uh, you know, I was looking at him and watching him, and 
it's just kind of been waiting to bubble over. You know, dormant volcanoes sit in your town, and they sit there, and you think, well, boy, if that thing ever went off, we'd all be in trouble. Need and uh, that. that's kind of what the case is with him. I love it. So you you did have it on the ready. Is that fair to say? Well, I saw it. I, I, I was thinking about him uh, the other day, and I was like, I wonder what about him. So it was kind of rolling around in my mind what what he reminded me of. But I didn't know exactly how it was going to come out, no. So I was talking earlier on the show, Jason, that it's rare that you'll ever have a prospect talked about the way the White Sox have talked about Aloy, where they've sort of tried to calm expectations a little bit, but for the most part, and everything they've done, here's the deal before you played one game in the big leagues, they have believed in this guy to the end of the, the earth, enough to you know trade Jose Quintana at the start, and then this dude looks like he's going to be everything they think he is. It's, I, it's, I've never seen a team as confident in, in a prospect like the White Sox are in Aloy. Is that fair? Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. Um, well, the, the time I've seen it is uh, both Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper. I was in AAA when they were coming up through the minors. Uh-huh. And we had our own media rules uh, dictated by the Nationals at that time for those two guys. And you kind of got the feeling that they were just better than the level and that they were going to get handled in different ways and they were going to be stars. I, you got that feeling, but with this guy, I mean, it's the whole package. It's personality, it's strength. Uh, there, There's so much there that he seems so can't miss that it's a little scary because you don't see that come around that often in a profession, in a sport where everybody is chasing around prospects. Like, there are entire publications dedicated to finding the best ones, and he is a special one, even with all of that coverage. Hey, Jason, Lauren Lapka. Just curious, obviously, at being in New York and seeing that home run, you can hear some boos from the fans, but the excitement was so obvious in your voice. It was exciting for us to watch, looking at the players that are witnessing this moment. Was it easy to kind of disregard the Yankees fans and just be involved in that moment? Well, the good news is the Yankee fans were spending most of their booing time on their own place. <laughs> uh, it's actually been unreal. They were swept in three before we got here. And so there's just the thing that's notable about Yankee Stadium is there's a hum around the stadium as though somebody left their electronics on and near one another. There's just always kind of a low tone underneath because there's such a buzz around this team and around baseball in this stadium, especially when they're good. So for me, it just kind of elevates the game. And being in New York elevates performances if you're very good at what you do. And and I think for Eloy Jimenez, you end up in a scenario where you just (laughs) – it happens to be magnified what you did, and he deserves it. I wanted to talk about – Jason Benet's amazing performance at the Beyond the Diamond event at the Field Museum <laughs> earlier this week, which uh, if people missed it, uh, Jason stepped in and uh, did his best family feud. Richard Dawson, Ray Combs, Steve Harvey. Who's your favorite host in the history of family feud? So when I grew up, I didn't know anything other than the Ray Combs version. Uh, but watching Game Show Network, Richard Dawson obviously was the first. I had a number of people at my table ask if I was going to kiss the family members up on stage. I declined. 
but yeah, I mean, look, I, I watched a lot of game shows as a kid. So I, I, you know, Al Borland hosted for a while. Jay Peterman hosted for a while. Uh, Steve Harvey as well. But you know, I've got a soft spot in my heart for Richard Dawson. It, it was Team Yonder, and who was the other team? Uh, Yolmer Sanchez. Oh, Team Yolmer, right? Well, that makes sense. Yonder and Yolmer. Yolmer has this. He's got an interesting dynamic going on with you and everyone else for that matter, but I think especially with you. Like he's just giving you these straight answers. He's asking you to repeat the question. There's there's something there's something between you and Yolmer. Can you share? Yeah, so I don't know. Uh I, the thing about Yolmer is he is as witty as as uh, a person as you're going to get and he just likes getting reactions out of people. Uh, I know today in the game there was that play that he would really want back, and I know he's really frustrated. So I, I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to deflect from the performance on the field, which I know he would want more of himself the first couple weeks of the year. However, the guy is as fun to be around as any baseball player I've ever seen, ever met. He He's so sharp, so quick, so thoughtful, he always wants to have a good time, but he also is very willing to answer tough questions, too. He never tells you to get out of his face if you do ask him a tough question. There, There's a lot there that's a really good person, and he just happened to be dressed like a wedding singer at the event the other <laughs> night, so he started in. So i got to know, what's more challenging, calling the games or being a host on a game show? Oh, by far, uh, by far, calling the games, uh, hosting game shows is, is <laughs> I don't know, I, again, I told you I watched a lot of game shows as a kid, so, you know, if, if Frank and the Sox weren't on, I was watching Wink Martindale host Tic-Tac-Toe. So you've been training for this your whole life, both, both. <laughs> Tic-Tac-Toe Some awesome. might argue, but that's also uh, a little lame to say, so I'm going to say no, but, <laughs> but the answer is really yes. I want to follow up on your Yolmer for just a second, because if Yolmer goes on Twitter right now, it's it's just not very kind to Yolmer Sanchez. White Sox fans were extremely upset uh, with the double play ball opportunity missed today. And he's had a, a couple plays at second base this year, one against the Royals, another against the Indians, where he's not playing to the level that he's capable of playing. And Ricky said after the game today that he thinks he may be pressing a little bit going from third to second. Do you uh, Do you think that's going on? I think it might. Yeah. I mean, you you get moved around and you had a place and now your place is somewhere else. But uh, I wouldn't put it past Yolmer to see what's going on in the off season and to see somebody like Nick Madrigal and to know that your position isn't the same as it was in previous years, moving from third to second. And uh, uh, you can't blame anybody for pressing if if that indeed is the case. Now we haven't had a long conversation about that. But uh, I could see it. It would make a lot of psychological sense, I think. And uh, here's a guy who, he's, he's having another kid, too. You know, his wife's pregnant. They're going to have their second child. And when things pop up in life, they sometimes carry over to the baseball diamond. And I don't know, situationally, maybe there's a little bit more going on, and he's not as free and easy. Or it could just be the first couple weeks of the year, He's just not playing the same level of defense as he was before. Uh, both are reasonable explanations, and there's a lot of time to to elapse still in this season. So we'll see. But I don't I don't think it's 
I don't think it's wrong to hypothesize that. I don't. Yeah, yeah. And I get it. Fans don't care, and it's all about performance. But Yolmer's just a guy you want to root for. And by the way, I'm rooting for you. You're going to the theater tonight? Is that accurate? Yeah, so they have a uh, they have a play version of the movie Network. Brian Cranston from Breaking Bad is uh, playing Howard Beale on Network on Broadway. So I'm going to that tonight. Is that I can't take it anymore? Is that uh... yeah? It's I'm mad as <laughs> I don't know if I can say the word and I can't take it and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. <laughs> That's a. Are you going? Uh, you got a friend that you're going to this? this? Is a solo? Yes, Stoney to come along. I was feeling like does Benetti have to go alone here? Is he the? Is, are you? Are you? You know? Are you? Oh no! I, I do. I do theater solo. You, people may see me in Chicago uh, solo theater. I, I, I have no uh, issues doing that. So yeah, I am. I did ask Stoney, uh, but uh, surprisingly enough, it was a hard no. <laughs> Well, so calling the games and then game show host. So when you come back, when can we expect to see you on the stage at one of our local theaters here? Oh, oh uh, <laughs> acting is so far beyond uh, what uh, game shows. You just react to the contestants acting. You have to like memorize lines and stuff. So uh, unless somebody really wants their musical or play to be a complete disaster, uh, I, I'm going to pass. Fair enough. Fair enough. Jason Benetti, thanks for jumping on. Appreciate you. Congratulations on your performance, especially this week on Wednesday night. I was, I was like, this dude's very talented. Mount Deloy. You were. They did not make it easy on you. Can I get an answer, or or what's your answer? Incorrect, incorrect. And then you had to run back and forth between each team. I mean, this was not. Yeah. Just- well, I mean, when you ask a question and one of the pitchers says, "How much time do I have?" Is there anything more pitcherish than that? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. It, it was it was some heavy lifting, and and you got through it. So so congrats. Uh, all right, Thank Jason, you. We'll see you at home. Appreciate you jumping on. Absolutely. See you, Jason Benetti. Man White of Sox many TV. talents. I mean, come on. Yeah. Going to the theater, living the dream, all of it. Uh, all right, we'll come on back here and update you on. Uh, we have some exciting interviews coming here, Lauren, mm-hmm. and uh, we also have a minor league note that I want to pass along that is very exciting for White Sox fans is it, it does involve Luis Roberts so we'll do that coming on back here 720 WGN White Sox Weekly our interview with Jason Penney was sponsored by Mazda of Orland Park and ZoomZoomNation.com where they're always trying to make car shopping fun 720 WGN 312-981-7200 and also a reminder Bleachers and Brews is back all season long. You get a one bleacher seat and two beers for just $22. You must be 21 and over with a valid ID. Bleachers and Brews. Presented by Budweiser. To purchase tickets, visit WhiteSox.com slash Brews. So you have an incredibly cool thing coming up, Lauren Lapka. I do, just a few days away. Obviously, when the White Sox come back into town, we have that night game on Monday, and I will actually be delivering the game ball. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> You're going to deliver the game ball like to the umpires? Yeah, I don't see. We've been having this argument at home. I don't know if that means I deliver the ball to who gets to throw out the first pitch. But the theory is that can't be right because if somebody throws it into the dirt, you got to get a whole new ball anyways, right? So does it go to the mound? Does it go to the ump? I mean, I feel like you walk out there and you place the ball on the rubber. Which that is, sounds right to me. But that's, uh, you know, do you get an announcement here? 
now. I mean, do you get Gene <laughs> Honda now? Lauren Lepko will deliver the first the the ball for tonight's game. I I think that I might just because otherwise people would be confused as to what this small childlike girl is doing in the middle of the field. What do you <laughs> What do you wear for delivering the ball? Will you have a jersey? Will you go hat? Are, are you going to be professional like you're going out for dinner? What do we got? Well, it's probably going to be a bit cold, so I'll try and go with a jersey. I might need to wear a coat. Uh huh. We'll see. Maybe I'll just rough it for the few minutes that that happens. See, have you thought about the pace of your walk out to deliver the ball? Is that a slow walk? Is that a fast walk? Is that a a stand? I mean, there's a lot of... I don't know. I might go skip. This is... This is... There's a lot going on here. 312-981-7200. If you had to advise Lauren on how to deliver the ball... Yeah, um, I need need, uh, guidance on what to wear, how to walk, what I should do with my hands. I mean, one's going to have a ball... But what about the other one? White do I socks. Wave? Well, may, I think you do wave. Are you going to bring? Are the Lapkas going to come out? Family going to be there? Yeah, they will be there. Right? I mean, come on. We got to get mom and dad out here for this one. Sister, the whole thing. Well, sister lives in Colorado now. She should fly in. <laughs> fly in. This is important. I mean, what, what we need support here. You're you're deli- This is the first time you ever delivered know, the ball. I know. It's a big moment. And honestly, I almost wish that it was to whoever is throwing out the first pitch, because it is Star Wars night. What if it were Darth Vader? You're oh, one, man. You're one of those Star Wars people, too. I am. I am. I'm a nerd. What are you going to do? Well, you, <laughs> you, the, the, Star War, you, the Star Wars nerds, though, have like taken over the world, so congratulations. It's a great franchise. It is. You don't have to be a crazy about the movie to appreciate it. I think you have to be a little crazy <laughs> about the movie. I think you have to have a little... I, I enjoyed Star Wars as a kid. The first two. Return of the Jedi was okay. And then and then and then after that, I don't quite understand what's going yeah, on. Yeah, one through three is a um, epic. Mm, well, what? no, I'm saying, well, that's episode four through six. So yes, that and then, is. And epic. then that whole thing is annoying. <laughs> episode four through six. So those are those are the, the good ones. Yes, are episode- those are the originals. Okay. So why would they be four through six? Why does how does that make sense? Because he apparently knew the storyline and wanted to start in the fourth segment of A New Hope. So he basically lied to everyone. I, did he? Well, I, or did he just have a plan? Don't you he knew that he, it was going to come around? I don't, I don't think he did. I think he just created a way of coming up with, you know what, they'll go for this. We'll act like there was something beforehand. They'll all go. Well, I know there are books. I don't know if there were books before the movies. That's one thing I don't know. Curtis, you look very interested in this. <laughs> Can't hear you. Maybe it's there me. You go. I'm a big Star Wars fan. There you go. So... You know what? It's, it was a plan. It was executed. It's very popular. I'm not complaining. Yeah, see? Planned. I mean, I don't want to rain on the parade of White Sox fans who love Star Wars. You being <laughs> maybe the queen of that, Lauren Lapka. I just, I just, I feel left out, I think, is, is what we're getting to. That's okay. I'll bring you my Stormtrooper mask. You can wear it. You'll right. fit right in. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. I wanted to mention Luis Robert. And no, nothing more than, I just want to read his numbers. The dude is 16 for 36. That is batting average of 444. He's got an on-base percentage of 487, which means he's not walking a ton, only one time, and he's gotten on base a couple times where uh, via the air or whatnot where he shouldn't have been on. Fair enough. He puts pressure on the defense. The speed is there. He's got a couple of doubles. He's got a triple. He's got five home runs. He's slugging 972. His OPS is 1,459. This guy is going to be a monster if he stays healthy. 
So if you factor in Robert with Jimenez, with mm-hmm. Moncada, mm-hmm. with a solid veteran Tim Anderson, I know White Sox fans can do all this math, but to actually see him get off to this level of start, I don't think he's long for Winston-Salem much longer, right? So let's move it on up here. Let's see what goes on to double-A and... Maybe it's June. I don't know, but I'm I'm just excited. Maybe even before that, I'm excited yeah. to see it. But that's that's the other thing. As long as the transition works, sometimes people move, and all of a sudden things change, right? That's yes, sure. When you when you jump a level, and in Double A is that's where the greatest talent is in the minors. You have your youngest, most mm-hmm. talented people who are generally going to have a cup of coffee at AAA before coming on up, <laughs> unless it's a case of service time, and you're going to hold them there like the White Sox do with Aloy. Mm-hmm. But this this is, uh, to, to me, as far as the early season developments go, this is the best one so far. I mean, Aloy being up here is cool, and two home runs last night is cool, but the White Sox need more than just Aloy. Right. And Luis Robert has been a guy that's been targeted. They paid him a, a bunch of dough and had not been on the field to see him starting this way is just huge. Absolutely enormous. It's exciting. So I think you should go buy a Robert jersey. What do you, okay. Do, do you have any jerseys? I have a jersey with no name. Hmm. I think that's fine. No. I try I tried to be impartial. Yeah, no, that's I mean, hey. I mean, I did have a Canerco shirt back in the day, but come on, how do you not? Yeah, the jersey's not not the same. Hey, bring your family of four to a White Sox game for as low as $49 with a family four-pack. You get four tickets, four hot dogs, four drinks, four chips. It's presented by Country Financial. Prepare for your financial future one step at a time and take simplesteps.com. For tickets, visit whitesox.com slash fourpacks today. Learn more from the pros this summer at a White Sox summer camp. Starting at $149, kids ages 5 to 12 can register for a camp at any of our 30 locations. All participants will receive a White Sox hat, t-shirt, four game tickets, and an exclusive look at Guaranteed Rate Field. Register today at whitesox.com slash play. Coming up at 4.30, we're going to have a conversation with Blake Rutherford. I think you will really enjoy it. The former Yankee first-round draft pick, White Sox picked him up. And, uh, yeah, now a double-A slow start. So he sort of takes you through the ups and downs of what he's going through. And, yeah, uh, hopefully that'll make him better and he'll be one of the White Sox outfielders someday. He's got an interesting story. He does, he does. So quick timeout, we'll do that. It's White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. You're listening to White Sox Weekly on the home of the Sox, 720 WGN. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN, picking it up. I gotta be honest, it's a little hard for me. He's a Michigan fan. Blake Rutherford did grow up in L.A., but somehow, someway became a fan of the Wolverines. That was a family thing, right, Blake? Yeah, my uh, whole family is... uh born and raised in Michigan, so uh, my dad and my mom went to Eastern Michigan. My dad played college football at Eastern Michigan, so uh, the University of Michigan was a close big school, so that's just kind of who the whole family kind of gravitated towards rooting for. So if your father's watching Eastern Michigan play Michigan in football or basketball or anything, and I know that doesn't happen too often, who does he root for? Yeah. Eastern Michigan, for sure. All right. All right. I'm, I'm on board with the Rutherford family now. <laughs> Good so, uh, slow start to the year for you. Are you are you stressing it? Um, I mean, what I'd like to be doing better, of course. Um, but, you know, it's a process. It's uh, it's early in the season. I mean, I'm trying to uh, figure it out. I mean, I've been working hard uh, with the coaches 
uh, in the cages on the field, just trying to get my get back into my groove. Uh, it's been a very frustrating uh, start to the year, um, but I think this during this time I've kind of learned the most about myself, just uh, going out there and uh, trying to grind through it every day, trying to give my best efforts. And uh, right now, just trying to play really good defense and uh, kind of try and change the game in other ways uh, that my bat's not doing right now, but. Um, I'm confident that it's going to turn around. Uh, I've put a lot of work in this offseason, and I know the type of player um, that I am and that I can be. So um, I am frustrated. I am uh, mad at the way I'm playing, but um, I'm I'm hoping that it's going to continue to try and trend upwards and get back into how I normally play. White Sox prospect Blake Rutherford playing for Double A Birmingham with us here on White Sox Weekly 720 WGN. You know, Blake, there's not one person in the history of baseball who hasn't gone through a two for twenty four. You know this, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's everyone's gone through it. It's just it's tough to start the year off like that because it's a little more magnified. Obviously, there's not as many at bat, so uh, the batting average or all that other stuff that people look at can fluctuate so much. But um, I went through a stretch like this last year, um, which just was towards the end of the season. So I don't think as many uh, people or as many things were realized, but. Um, I'm I'm hoping I just get it out of the way early, and uh, starting today I can kind of turn it back, going uh, the right, in the right direction. I've done a lot of positive things, uh, just working on my swing and uh, feeling a lot better. So I'm hoping I'm getting closer to uh, being back to normal. No doubt, and I think you know down the line, if you know going through something like this sucks, but then when you get to the other side and realize the process of how that worked, that probably is going to help you, you would think, when you get to the big leagues someday and, and maybe you have, you, know, you know, have another tough stretch. and you, got, you have to have the skills to get out of it, I guess, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, I mean obviously there's some physical stuff uh, to, that you go through, um, like not injury-wise or stuff, but just like mentally, uh, physically, just like with your swing, something may feel off or uh, you may not feel that you're all there. Um, but I mean, mentally, this is going to make me a lot stronger. Uh, it's going to make me a lot better player. And, um, I mean, I'm, it sucks, but it's something that obviously at this time I'm, I need to go through and I'm going to be able to come through on the other side, uh, a stronger player and a better player. Is the competition tougher than you thought it would be? Um, I mean, the competition's really good. I mean, we face a lot of really good pitchers. Um, but I mean, even, t- uh, saying that, I mean, I feel like I belong here. Um, I feel like my play, uh, belongs here, and I feel like I can uh, play at this level. Um, but absolutely, I mean, every player uh, deserves to be here. Um, there's a reason why every player is here, and um, I mean, I've, I've definitely seen uh, a lot of really good competition, but um, I've seen that at every level. I don't think um, there's been a weaker competition at, at any level. I think every every level has some really good players, and um, all these guys are obviously trying to move up uh, as well. Yeah, I mean, the White Sox, and you're a huge part of this, Blake. You, there's so much talent. I mean, you're playing with Luis Gonzalez, all, all the outfielders, Steel Walker, and Basabe, and Adolfo, and Aloy just got here, Luis Robert. How does that work with you guys where you're all, you all want the same thing, but the way I look at it, I'm assuming this is how you guys kind of feel like, Look, I want to be in the big leagues. I want to play as well as I possibly can. If it happens here, great. I mean, you were once you were in the Yankee organization, which was a dream come true, and and now you're a White Sox. You, I think you. It, does it feel like that? Like you're all pushing and like, hey man, let's just all get to the big leagues. However, it shakes out. Absolutely. I mean, I, I uh, I've never really been a part. I've, 
it's really cool to be a part of an organization where there's so many talented outfielders, but there's so many guys that are kind of like pushing all in the same direction. Uh, I don't think any of us are really rooting against each other. Uh, we're all pulling for each other. We're all competing with each other. Um, and the special thing is, is we're all trying to help each other out. If we pick up on something here, pick up on something there. Um, I mean, we're all trying to help each other out and become the best baseball players we can. Like we said, uh, like you just said too, I mean, obviously uh, we all want to make it to the big leagues uh, with the White Sox, but at the end of the day, I mean, I think we all want to be professional baseball players and try and reach, reach our max potential uh, to be a baseball player. So um, in doing that, I think we're all just kind of trying to help each other out, uh, make each other the best baseball players we can. White Sox prospect Blake Rutherford with us here on 720 WGN. It's White Sox Weekly. You grew up a Yankees fan, correct? I did, yes. So that had to be super hard, right? You're 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 drafted by the Yankees in the first round. You're 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 putting on the pinstripes, and then you get the call. It was that that had to be a bummer at the time. Obviously, great opportunity. You're thrilled to be here, but that could not have been easy. No, it was, it was difficult. Um, obviously, uh, I grew up a diehard Yankee fan. I always wanted to be a Yankee, um, but more so than that, I mean, just kind of. Uh, being a young high school kid in my first full season and uh, just starting to get the relationships and uh, just, I mean, that's the hardest part is just kind of just starting to get like some of the best friends and organization and the coaches who I really trust and building trusting relationships with uh, everyone. And then obviously you get the call and uh, you got to go to a whole new organization and um, all new coaches, all new players. And I did not know one player uh, in the, in the whole White Sox organization at the time. Uh, obviously, I knew of a lot of the guys, but I didn't really know any of them personally. Um, but when I got traded over, um, I mean, the coaches, uh, uh, Justin Gershley, who's now the Winston-Salem coach, he uh, kind of brought me in right away and um, helped me be a part of the team. And, I mean, a lot of the guys there, Berger, Sheets, uh, Cease, I mean, there was a lot of really good uh, guys there and, and players there, and they helped my transition uh, become a lot easier. I mean, it could have been a lot harder and a lot more stressful, but – I feel like from the start, I was able to just get comfortable with them and, and just uh, kind of focus on playing baseball. When you first met Justin, did you think he was a player? <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I talked to him on the phone when I got traded. Uh, obviously, I talked to um, the, the, some of the head guys at the White Sox and the Yankees. Uh, they both told me about the trade. Uh, and then I, uh, I got in contact with uh, Justin and weirdest Jersh. It's weird calling him Justin. I got in uh, contact with Jersh and we were just talking, and I didn't know. Uh, anything about him really and I showed up and uh, I mean he was kind of fresh out of playing really and uh, I think that's what kind of made it easier to connect with him was just kind of being closer to age where um, he was just out of baseball he knows what this grind is like I mean it's nice having a coach who went through it all and and can kind of relate to some of the stuff you're going through and 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 help you out when you when you need it and then you move along you're playing for Omar that had to not suck no, and I'm still, yeah. I had I was with Omar all last year, and obviously he's here uh, with us in Birmingham. Uh, I mean, I, I like I love Omar. Omar's uh, always tries to keep it loose, uh, and I mean, honestly, he couldn't have been uh, he couldn't be better to me right now during this tough stretch I'm going through. I mean, he's still showing a lot of confidence in me. Um, I mean, he's always telling me he trusts me. He want, he knows I'm going to get it going. And, and uh, when you hear that from a manager, especially a manager who's uh, as well known as Omar, I mean, it, it definitely. Uh, helps out my confidence a lot, just knowing that I still have um, all my pl- all these players in the locker room and all these coaches behind me, knowing that uh, it'll turn around and I'll, and I'll start contributing and helping uh, this team win. I, and I would think that would help you going through some early season struggles. Here's a guy that was with you last year; he's here now, so he knows what type of player you are. That that's got to give you some security. No, absolutely. I mean, that's 
one of the biggest things is I've I, uh, obviously had Charlie Poe was my hitting coach last year. He's here. Uh, Omar was my manager. Um, and a lot of these players I played with last year. So um, it's not so much just trying to prove uh, to anyone. It's I've already been able to play in front of a lot of these guys. And, and um, I mean, they all know how I can play and how hard I play and all this stuff. So it's not really stressful. It's just me putting more stress on myself just because I want to get it going and help contribute to this team. I mean, uh, I feel like I can help this team a lot, and uh, I'm trying my best to get it going to do so. Makes a lot of sense. Let's uh, continue our conversation with Blake Rutherford after just a quick timeout. White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Let's continue our conversation with Blake Rutherford. Bring him back in here. Christian Yelich, Ryan Braun, Mike Moustakis, Tyler Saladino, Trevor Plouffe, like Blake Rutherford hanging out with big-time guys in the offseason here, getting himself ready. Blake, that, that had to be pretty cool. Yeah, that was that was our group this year, yep. That's not that's not a terrible uh, collection of people to learn from and work out with and try to get better. No, I mean, that's a, it's a great group, and, I mean, all of them have been there uh, for me uh, during the season. I've uh, spoke to uh, – during spring training, I spoke to all of them uh, a couple times. Uh, got to obviously hang out with them a little bit, just kind of talk. But, I mean, whenever I'm struggling, I mean, they check in. I mean, they want to uh, know how I'm doing. They want to try and help me the best, and – um, they all they all tell me I'm going to be fine. It's early. Um, obviously, to me, it feels like it's late. I feel like I've played 100 games just because of the struggle that I've had the last couple of, uh, the, the start of the season. But um, they all tell me it's going to be fine. I mean, I've had 20 at-bats, like you said. Um, this season's a long season, and uh, I pray, obviously, I stay healthy and continue to stay on the field. But uh, they all tell me not to worry about it, and I'm fine, and just keep grinding it out. I mean, um, you can't kind of get yourself into a mental funk. You got to be able to stay strong and go up there with a with a fresh mind every day. Otherwise, it's, this this game is going to take you down. But um, I've, ta- I've spoken to uh, a couple of them uh, throughout the season, uh, just kind of talking about some things. And I mean, it's definitely a good group to have uh, to lean on. And you put on some weight in the off season, right? I did. Yeah, I put on uh, like probably like ten to fifteen pounds. Are you? Um, yeah. Are you second guessing uh, yeah, that at all? Like, does it? Do you think it's impacting flexibility or anything like that? Uh, not really. Um, I mean, I'm not as big as I was um, off season. I've lost some of the weight just from the natural uh, parts of playing baseball, obviously uh, in the minor leagues. Um, but I, I feel confident with the body of work I put in. Uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape that I that I have been and can be in, and uh, it's just not really going my way right now on the field, but I don't think it has anything to do uh, with offseason. If anything, once I do turn around, I think it's everyone's going to be like, everyone's going to see uh, a tremendous difference when uh, my swing and everything does come around. It's the hardest thing about baseball, right? You, like, if you're playing soccer, you get to run around. Basketball, same deal. Football, you play once a week, go out there, try to crush someone. Baseball, you play every day, so you have a bad day, you got to be ready to go again the next day. And so much of it is mental, where you just gotta feel. I don't know that people. I've heard people say comfortable in the box, sexy in the box, all of that. It, it, it's not easy out there, is it, Blake? No, it's hard. I mean, uh, it's a blessing, uh, but it also can be tough. Obviously, um, I mean, if you're if you're in a struggle, uh, you got to go out there every day and try and grind and and get through it all and and get back to going good. But it's also a blessing because if you have a bad day or um, like right now, I'm struggling right now. Every day I wake up and I have a new opportunity to, to, to change it, uh, which is different if I was a pitcher or if I had to play football or, or this or that. I mean, you got to kind of wait in between games 
Um, but as a position player, I get to go out there every day, and uh, and I get to kind of choose the, the path that I'm going to go down, uh, and I kind of can just go out there and control what I can control. And if I hit, I've, uh, if I can hit the ball hard and, and put the ball in play, then, um, I mean, the rest is, is kind of – it's out of my hands. So, um, I mean, I've, I've definitely been slumping, but I do feel like I've put some good swings on the ball. Um, I've hit some balls hard. They just haven't really gone my way. But um, I just got to be more consistent with what I'm doing, and and uh, eventually they'll, they'll, they'll fall. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. Trust the process. You say you hope. I feel like you're like trying to not mess with the baseball gods. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Right? I hope. Uh, so, uh, b- before you get out of here, Jackie Robinson Day is coming up here. And I saw a comment you made about playing on the dash last year and the incredible success you guys had, so much talent. And you said there was no segregation on the dash. And, like, anybody who's ever covered a baseball team, like, you know, I've done this for a long time, you always see all the Latin guys tend to hang with the Latin guys, and the African-Americans are hanging with the African, and they're the white guys. So, like, hearing that, just you saying it, it's it's super cool, Blake, that that was going on in the team last year. And, and I don't think that's like a, we don't like you, but it's more of just people stay in their comfort zones. And it seems like you guys really broke through that like a lot of teams don't. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, that's really big, and I think uh, that's one thing that Omar's really good at is just kind of bringing everyone together and and uh, the thing that's so special about last year's team and, and this year's team, a lot of us uh, have played together. I mean, we have some new Latin guys, some new American guys, but um, everyone kind of respects each other. They respect where each other, uh, where we, we all come from. Uh, we respect the past. We respect each other as players, but more importantly, as people. And, and I think when you have a, a team like that and, and guys who respect each other like that and, and just kind of see how hard everyone's working, it just makes it a lot easier and a lot more fun because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, I mean, we're all trying to get, uh, make it to the big leagues, and we're all trying to work hard, and uh, and no one's trying to struggle, no one's trying to do bad, but everyone's when everyone's out there giving it their best and, and trying their hardest. I mean, you can't you can't ever be mad at someone uh, for making a mistake, and and Omar's done a really good job at just bringing everyone together, all different cultures, and uh, just kind of building one uh, one team where. Uh, we're all kind of pulling the same way and pushing in the same direction. It's beautiful. Quick final four. A, do you sing in the shower? I do not, no. <laughs> okay. B, do you cook? Uh, I wish I did. I, I, I can I can microwave and, and oven, but I, I definitely can't cook yet. All right. Favorite microwave product that you go with? Uh, I love mini corn dogs. Uh huh. I like those in the oven too, but but uh, mini corn dogs or, or some uh, Dino chicken nuggets. Ooh, now we're, now we're cooking with gas. Most dis- yeah. most disgusting habit you're willing to share right now on, on 720 WGN? Uh, probably just biting my nails. It's a bad habit. Uh, I got to get rid of it, but it's something I've done since I was little, and uh, it's something I, I've 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 gone off and on. But usually, like if if it's a nerve wracking moment or something, or I just I, it's just like my go to bad habit. Yeah, I've I've got that one too. It's a horrible thing. I just try yeah. try, try to kick it because I'm a lot older than you and I'm still doing it. And last yeah, one. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, it's 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 we're human, Blake. It's okay. Biggest <laughs> big, biggest pet peeve. Do you have one? Oh man, I don't I don't even I don't know if I honestly have one. Uh, I don't I don't have one really that stands out to me. I'm sure I'm sure if I really sat down and thought about it. Um, but I don't. I don't think right now that I have one. What about the guy on really the What about the guy on the long bus ride of the miners that doesn't shut up and he's on his cell phone? Would that qualify? Uh, yeah, that would work. Or just loud music, or or this or that. But uh, most of the time, it's kind of funny on the bus rides. We have some, some funny dudes, and 
and uh, we got our Latin guys playing some music and having fun. So uh, most of the bus rides are fun, but sometimes it does get a little late, and you, you just kind of want to knock out. <laughs> I, I, I would assume. I'm jealous of those bus rides. Everyone says it's terrible. I, I, I think it sounds like fun. Blake, hey. Yeah, it's fun the first time. Yeah, there you go. All right, so hey, great to talk to you. Hang in there. Yeah. It's coming around. You're you're in your process. You're going to have a great year, Blake, and uh, I, we look forward to talking to you when you're, when you're red hot later down in the season. Perfect. Thank you. White Sox Weekly continuing. Yeah, Zach Collins, Triple A baseball playing for the Charlotte Knights, one step away from the big leagues. And uh, yeah, not a bad start to the season. Four home runs in his first five games. Zach, anybody calling you Babe Ruth, Johnny Bench, anything like that? Start of the season down there? <laughs> I wish. I wish. Um, no, I mean it's been it's been a good start, and we have a lot of good guys in this team. I'm I'm enjoying it so far, and uh, we're uh, we're having a lot of fun. Easier or harder, triple A to double A? How would you compare? Um, I mean, I guess as of right now, I, I should say easier, right? But <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's obviously it should get harder every every uh, every time you go up a level, and and um, there's obviously more consistent pitching and stuff like that here. Um, but uh, we have a great group of guys, and we're having a lot of fun. So. Going into spring training, you you didn't really think you were going to be on the big league club, correct? Um, I, I was definitely trying, but I, I didn't think so. Yeah, we had uh, two veteran catchers there, so um, I knew they weren't going to carry three, so we're, uh, we were definitely trying. Was your mindset, okay, I'm going to play as well as possible, so when the season goes along and I go down to AAA, you guys know that, hey, uh, Zach Collins right here, yes, I want to play big league baseball? Of course, of course, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm going to do my best to uh, to do everything I can to get there. But um, there's, it's a process and stuff like that. But uh, we're uh, we're off to a good start, and, and uh, like I said, we're having a lot of fun here, winning a lot of games. So um, just trying to take it day by day. And we talked to you at the Sox convention, and uh, it was it was awesome to be on stage with you. And I just I, I detected a confidence, Zach, that uh, you know not necessarily or or even in a groundedness that I don't necessarily see in every young ball player. Uh, and then I saw a quote that you had coming out here: "I don't want to get there and just be another guy. I want to make an impact and make an impact for a long time." I like that, Zach Collins. I, I think that's a that that that's the uh, that's the mindset you want to have, right? You, it it means a lot to you that hey, man, I'm not just trying to get there and be up there and have my four at bats. I actually really want to be a guy that uh, is going to have an incredible career. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of guys get to the big leagues, but um, not many of them, I guess, make a huge impact there. And and uh, like a lot of people say, it's it's, it's not easy to get there, but. It's a uh, it's a lot harder to, to stay there. That's for sure. And um, I mean, I definitely want to be one of those guys like I was uh, I was drafted to be, and that's that's an impact player. And um, I'm uh, going to continue to work hard at that until until it happens. And a lot of the discussion around you has been he needs to become better behind the plate. Where where, where do you say you're at with your defense? Uh, I'm pretty good right now. Um, I don't. I don't know that anybody can say that about me now. I mean, I think that. Uh, I think that where I'm at now is is uh, pretty good. I think that. Um, I, I mean, I'm ready behind there. I, I haven't uh, made a lot of mistakes. I've made a bunch of adjustments, and uh, I'm getting a lot of compliments for it. So, um, I guess all the people that 
I think I need to get better this year. I can watch a couple games. I like that. I like that way to put it out there. Who who gets the most credit for helping you make the adjustments? And like, and I don't. You don't have to go too in depth here, but what would you say? Like, or maybe some of those that have really helped you. I guess quicker, stronger, whatever you needed to do uh, behind the plate. Uh, definitely our catching coordinator, uh, John Orton. And um, on top of that, our, our newest catching addition, James McCann, he helped me a ton this spring training. Uh, we made a lot of adjustments um, early in the morning, so we'd go out there every day and uh, just work on everything, work on blocking, receiving, uh, footwork, and all. And, and uh, he would throw, throw out a few pointers almost every day, and, and um, I make adjustments pretty quick. So it, uh, it definitely helped to have him there, and, and uh, he was awesome. See, fans hear about that all the time. He he needs to. He's the best at framing pitches, and I'm sitting there, Zach. Like, how hard can that really be? Just you put the glove there, let it hit it. I mean, but there's some nuance going on, correct? Yeah, yeah. There's there's a ton of things that go into it, from the way you set up on the plate to how far in or out you you are. Different pitches, different pitchers, different umpires. I mean, it, it's a uh, it's kind of a crazy game that that's going on now. I don't know. Uh, how long it'll go on, I'm sure at some point um, there will be some type of robotic strike calling and stuff like that, which then will kind of uh, put catchers just back there to catch the ball instead of working on uh, uh, on framing it to make it look better. But um, I hope that never happens because that will uh, kind of take the catching aspect away from it and take the umpiring aspect away from it. But um, no, as of now, it's, there's a lot of things that go into it, and uh, it's, it's kind of fun to uh, – Dive, dive deep in it. White Sox prospect Zach Collins with us here on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN, playing with the Charlotte Knights. So you you think it's coming, the robot umpire, but you don't want it? Definitely don't want it. Um, I think part of the game is is having umpires, having good umpires, having bad umpires. Um, it, it's part of the game, and, and uh, I think that we should keep it that way. It's always been that way, but... Um, there's there's also uh, times where um, certain pitches are called or certain calls are made that uh, that change games that that I think robots could help. But um, at the same time, it's just part of the game. So where are you at instant, on instant replay then? Because you know there, I don't know if you watched the NCAA tournament, but there was a ball hit out of bounds in the Virginia. Uh, Texas Tech game where it hit off the guy's pinky, and in the history of basketball. That play is never off of the the way they ruled it, but replay showed that it was. And people were comparing that to baseball, where if a guy slides in and he's off the bag for one split second and we can slow it down, he was off the bag, you're out. Uh, but it I, it's not exactly the same because I think the base runner has to be in control, but it's also sort of not what baseball has been about for the history of baseball at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think there's good and bad to it. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, we we want human beings to be making calls, but at the same time, some mistakes are made and and uh, things like that should kind of, I think, be overturned. Um, but with the whole striking ball thing, I think it's just too much of a of a hassle to be. I mean, they're definitely not going to do like instant replay for striking ball, that's for sure. But um, I think ha- having a a robot call call game is just kind of overboard. Um, instant replay is fine just to get some calls right here and there, but um, for the most part, I think uh, I think we're good with where we're at. 
Yeah, but do you like an umpire who has his own zone? Uh, no, I like an umpire that follows the baseball rules of zones. <laughs> right? You know, I mean, it should it should be from corner to corner, um, pretty much mid mid knee to to about belt buckle, um, and and that's about it. I I don't think that that uh, the pitcher should have any more of an advantage than, than they do at this point. <laughs> Right, and you know, well, he he gives that six inches off the plate. What what gives him the right to do that? You enforce the rules, dude. Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, we have umpires that are like that, but as long as they're consistent, we can kind of make adjustments throughout the game. But um, I mean, I, I don't mind an umpire that calls six inches off the plate if they're giving it to both teams. You know what I mean? But it gets when that inconsistency factor is, is kind of what gets to us and. Um, that's, that's where it gets kind of tough, and that's where people get tossed and everything like that. It's great to be back with WGN. It's White Sox Weekly on the official radio station of the Chicago White Sox. 720 WGN. Great to have you, Jerry Reinsdorf. Appreciate it. As we continue White Sox Weekly, Zach Collins. Making the move here, Zach. You're going from double A to triple A. Birmingham is a pitcher's park, hard to take the ball out of the yard. And now four homers in the first five games. Charlotte, much more a hitter's paradise. I'm 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 assuming that that's been a significant change and you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, for sure. Every time I step up to the plate, I have a little bit more confidence now, that's for sure. Um I mean, when I first went to Birmingham uh, my mind wasn't right. I was I kind of stepped into the box and I kind of thought that I had to hit it 500 feet for it to get out. But um, I think just just kind of relaxing and, and knowing that um, I'm just there to square balls up and, and that's it is what it is. After that, um, it's, it's helped me so far through this journey. But uh, it's it's definitely been fun so far. We, we uh, we've won a couple games and uh, we're having a good time in the clubhouse and stuff like that. So. I mean, yeah, I would say the park helps a little bit, but at the same time, um, I just feel good overall. Zach Collins with us for a couple more moments here on White Sox Weekly, 720 WGN. Uh, 101 walks last year, Zach. Was was that the plan going into the season? I'm going to take a bunch of base on balls? <laughs> uh, it's not always the plan, but um, I guess throughout a long season it just happened. Uh, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not looking to do that every time I step up to the plate. But, uh, you know, at, at this point, um, I know that I'm kind of there to drive and run, um, hit homers, have, have high uh, slugging percentage, high RBIs. So uh, I, I don't think I'll walk as much this year. But uh, if it happens, it happens. I mean, I'm, I'm going to try to not swing at any balls and, and uh, put put the balls that are over the plate and play hard and far. So, um Whatever happens, happens. I'm not. I'm not. Definitely not going up there looking for a loss. Are, are the White Sox, or, or maybe just your own personal strategy, like focusing on launch angle? No. No, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't really think about it. They, uh, we've gotten a little bit more um, on the technical uh, stats side, um, analytics, all that stuff. We, we've got a little bit more of that going now with TrackMan and stuff like that, but. Mostly for pitchers, mostly uh, working on um, certain pitches to be thrown and, and uh, the spin rate on fastballs and curveballs and all that stuff. But um, right now for hitters, uh, we don't have much of that going on, and we're just looking to uh, drive balls in the gap and, and uh, put balls hard in play. 
You pay attention to those numbers, though, like for real spin rate. Doesn't th- that just sounds exhausting to me, Zach? It uh, it sounds exhausting. I thought it was like all just uh, just numbers and weird stuff that was going on, but it, it's actually it's crazy when, when a guy that's throwing ninety miles an hour has a crazy high spin rate. Um, the ball actually seems like it's faster, and the ball carries more, and you get more swings and misses. Um, I mean, it's just – it is what it is. I mean, certain certain pitches are good to certain hitters, and, and it depends on their spin rate. And depends, pretty pretty much it just depends on, on the carry of the ball and the, the fly of the ball compared to the swing path. Um, I know the, uh, the Astros right now – are pretty much just throwing pitches out of guys' swing paths. And, and uh, a lot of that is like fastballs up and out. You don't really see guys swinging down at the ball anymore. So, um, like a fastball up and away is, is kind of out of somebody's swing path. But at the same time, us hitters are working on getting on top of that fastball and, and hitting it out of the park. So, um, it'll be a battle, an ongoing battle. They teach those classes at the U? No, but if they did, I would take them. <laughs> Fair, fair, fair enough. Hey, uh, there's a guy on Twitter, doesn't have a lot of followers, uh, and he, he tweet. It's at Lark underscore eleven. I'm just going, you know, I'm searching Twitter, prepping to talk to you, and I see this tweet. Based on his spring training home run swing, it looks like White Sox Zach Collins has quieted his hitch and shortened his bat tip, which would shorten his path to point of impact and increase his contact rate. And I want to know if any of that is true. <laughs> you, got, you have a lot of guys, a lot of fans that uh, try to break down swings and, and think that they're the next uh, best hitting coach out there. But um, honestly, right now, I'm just trying to stay quiet, um, stay relaxed when I'm up there. And uh, maybe it is transferring to uh, to quieting the hitch and, and uh, more home runs, more uh, hard balls in play. But um, I haven't worked on that. I haven't thought about it. Um, we're just uh, we're just looking to swing at good pitches in the zone and uh, and and put those put those balls in the gap. So, I mean, we uh, I, I don't think I don't think any of it's true. I mean, I haven't really watched video of of comparisons from last year, but um, just because I feel good with where I'm at right now, I don't really want to think about too much. Fair enough. Uh, all right, final four for Zach Collins. Favorite baseball movie. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with the rookie. Wow, wow! That, that sort of makes me think you're a dreamer, and you've got like this and kid at heart, and you're and you have like a like a fun side of you. Does that, does that sound about right? Am I breaking that down correctly? That's that's for sure. I uh, that's always been my favorite baseball movie ever since I saw it. I guess it's just a a really cool story, and it's based on a true story, obviously. But um, at the same time, I also got Dennis Quaid. Uh, autograph on a baseball last year in Birmingham, so that was pretty cool. Also. Wow, big time right there! All right, do you sing in the shower? I don't sing in the shower. At least I don't think I do. Very disappointing. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, 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 what do I got here? Do you cook? I do cook. I like to uh, grill mostly. Um, anything from steak, chicken, all types of meats, but. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a simple cook. I don't I don't do very fancy stuff. So if you you got the friends coming over, family or or a special person, you'll you'll bust out the steak and potatoes and do it right, basically. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. I'm I'm, I'm impressed. What what's what's your 
most disgusting habit you're willing to share on WGN? By the way, I asked uh, your future teammate Blake Rutherford the same thing, so don't be don't be shy. <laughs> My most disgusting habit. He said. Um, I guess. So. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. What did, what did he say? What did he uh, say? I'll just. <laughs> now I want to not tell you because you might. Well, I I already know what I'm going to say. So no matter what you say, I'm still going to say. It. Okay. He he said biting his nails. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah. No, it's not. Um, I mean, I've worn the same socks multiple times, multiple days, you know, Ooh. in a row without washing them. It's pretty bad, right? Yeah. That's 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 not great. You know. uh I'm gonna share with you, Zach. When I was a when I was a kid, and I would go to camp, I wouldn't want to wear the same socks, so I would take socks from other kids' cubby holes, wear them, and then wrap them back up and put them back in like they were just fresh. Wow. Is that that's a bad that's kid, tough. right? Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. Yeah, I kind of just wear socks until I smell, and then I move on to the next one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's I think that's a brilliant move. Uh, biggest pe- <laughs> bring it, biggest pet peeve for Zach Collins. Uh, biggest pet peeve, I guess, would be when uh, people just chew with their mouth open, just smacking their food. That's that's not good for me. Who's the worst guy in the White Sox organization at that? Oh man, you know Blake's up there. <laughs> Blake, Blake, <laughs> Blake's up there, and he knows that I've told him before. Wow, and he just doesn't listen or is not aware. Uh, I guess he's just not aware. Uh huh. Well, that's that. I mean, that's you know, when you're trying to get to the big leagues, you you got to have everything in order here. We can't be doing that. I know. Yeah, it's it's all right. He'll uh, he'll have a uh, some type of um, I guess courtesy class before he gets here. There we go. All right. And last one. If you're ever if you're enter, ever in a slump, what's your strategy to try and get out of it outside of just you know working harder and whatever else baseball players do? Is there anything else you will do? Um. Not really. I mean, I think that when I get into slumps, it's different than most people. Most people, like, are swinging at bad pitches and, and uh, just not not really focusing up there. I guess when I get into slumps, I'm either, like, not too focused, but I'm just not being as aggressive as I should be and just getting into bad counts. Um, so, to me, I just kind of try to be a little bit more aggressive and, and – uh, it usually gets me out pretty quick. I like it. Hey Zach, appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah well, that's that's <laughs> that that helps to, to, to know that is huge, right? Like, yeah, yeah for sure. Hey, appreciate the conversation, Zach, as always, and uh, continued success down at Charlotte, and uh, hopefully we'll see you at Guaranteed Rate Field sometime this season. For sure, thanks, Mark.